1: Live from the short, live from the short,
0: live from the short, short, pink suits with hats the match, fly big cracker dolls and Cadillacs, you looking for the fatty sacks, fly, this fly is where Detroit. it's at, windows tinted, cease fly, for lyric line, keep their hands on the burner, cause niggas know that
2: fly, it's fly, money, on yo what up though? it's your Jay Johnson, aka the tinfoil hat titan, aka the conspiracy realist, aka the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr., don't text him with your green bubbles, aka I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say J.U. Ice, young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me, a.k.a. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What
1: up? What up, Don? It's your man Dame. Three underscores three one three, the Westside Landlord, the Pride of PA. High Chief, Dame don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite dame. And the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast Because you know who the fuck they came to see Not you Otis It's no better than these four letters Thank God for Dame And if you're speaking on Dame You better say it nice And if you don't put the boss in front Then bitch you're not saying it right It's the Honorable Judge Boss Dame and his bitch all rise Let's go
2: Welcome back Shop Talk Podcast Episode 351 On you hoes Oh man it has been a whole bunch of them things
1: yeah, man. Three We 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 have
2: we had a nice little run we having a nice little kickoff to January, man. We ended 2022 good
1: and uh we've been on a nice little road, man. 2023 is gonna be is gonna be an amazing year. You know what I realized this year? I was looking at something on the news, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit later. You know the Winans Church (laughs) perfecting that piece of property for 20 years now? Boy, I got... 20 years?
2: I got deep in my conspiracy bag earlier this week. I'm like, what's? I wonder what the fuck is going on in there, dog. Nothing.
1: Absolutely nothing.
2: But is it, though? Yes. Underground Fight Club in that one. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's a a gambling ring. (laughs) Who knows what's going down there?
1: It's an eyesore. And I'm glad... Like, you know, you know, I got a, a little personal connection there, but I'm glad the city kind of pressing them just a little bit. I like,
2: mean, it's been 20 years. It's do not, it's,
1: something. That's, that's not a press. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not a
2: legit 20 years. That's not a press. It's a running joke.
1: It's at least 20 years that we know about. You know, beforehand, you you kind of looking at the land, making sure the specs is right, getting a, getting a specific test. On paper, they've had that land for 20 years. And I know a lot of people that go to Perfecting. Boy. You know, we trying to walk into it without no mortgage and all that. But look, man. Yo. Look, 20, 20, 20.
2: Hey, listen, man. You can't out slick a can of oil. You <laughs> feel me? I know what time it is. But I used to, my ex, she used to go to Perfecting. She was, when we first started kicking it, I mean, pre- she was at that church all the time and I, I i just couldn't get with it you feel me and we had we had one debate about the um the order in which they take money from their congregation and i just couldn't understand it you know what i'm saying like all the rich niggas sit on this side <laughs> and all the poor people sit on like i just you know we we did not see eye to eye in that in that regard
1: yeah. i got this thing about mega churches and I'm gonna keep it to myself for right now. No, I
2: said. Don't be
1: scared. You know, my, I always talk about my grandfather being a pastor, my uncle was a pastor, and I saw my grandfather like get up from Wednesday, like we could be having dinner just on a Wednesday, just on a humble yeah. call to come t- through to the house, something that went on with a member of the church and He'll get up, excuse himself from dinner, get himself together. He out the door because he need to go see somebody at the hospital, need to go pray for somebody. I remember at the end of service, him always being accessible. You could walk up on him. You could go to the office. If you needed to see him. Literally, the my grandparents' house number was in the church bulletin. It would be times where I would be just a young man at the house, and I would answer the phone. It's sister so and so looking for my grandfather because mm-hmm. something happened. So I, I knew the accessibility. Well, my uncle was a pastor for years out out in New York up until he fell ill and and like passed. Like he was still preaching at the pulpit like yeah. a month before he died. And the same thing was accessible. People would come by the apartment, would come by the house. He was a pillar in the community where like there was a there's a specific like suit shop that, that he always bought clothes from, you know, throughout his life. We would walk, we would walk there, people would greet him, like we would walk through the neighborhood, people would greet him, you know, they knew who he was. Yeah. You know, if we stopped, if we stopped somewhere, say I want a sandwich or a pop or something, we could stop at the store, people would see him, it's like, oh, you with the Reverend? You know, this is us. You know, y'all have a good one. And I just saw those type of relationships. Now with this mega church thing, you know, I feel like preaching or when you when you touch people, there should be some level of accessibility. When you're doing,
2: they've removed the community aspect from it. Cause I used to go to Spring Hill, uh, where Spring Hill used to be at is on Greenfield, uh, seven mile Greenfield, but closer to in between eight mile. And Seven Mile, but okay. closer to Greenfield. And before mega churches was like a thing. Like this is the closest that you can get to like a big church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but Reverend Moss at the time, uh, God bless him. He was so interconnected. You know what I'm saying? My family was interconnected at this church. My father, deacon, Sunday school superintendent, mama, Sunday school. Like we were so interconnected. We was at the house. Uh, their their children. My god, sisters, you know what I'm saying? Like so inter interconnected. Uh, when he stepped down and somebody else stepped up in the family, things got a little different. I was younger, you know, I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, but it was a it was a community aspect. Matter of fact, the the stoplight that's there currently was there because we petitioned for that for like six years. Cause like, listen, cause this church has three had three buildings had the actual church. It was across the street um, was like Auxiliary a little gym. Geni- yeah. And then there was a house that they used to let people stay in. Like a transitional in. home. And low key is one. It's technically four properties. And right now they do here in the spot, but that used to be where Sunday school was at. So there was always children crossing the street and Greenfield was a very busy street. So they petitioned for years and years to get this top line. It was just very community driven, but that has been lost somewhere. Now it was like, hey man, I'm a celebrity. You feel me? Like,
1: I see y'all, <laughs> see y'all at eleven o'clock, <laughs> and, then, and it's that's not the same it's thing. It's something no about word. that that just don't sit right with me, and I don't want to judge because I don't know. You know, I clearly I don't run a church. I don't know the inner workings or what you got to do. I understand there's a business aspect. It is man. a faith based business. There is, but you know, when I think about service mm-hmm. to the community, serving the people that go to your church, and then like, yo, know, if If something happens, I know when my mother died, she died inside of my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend of mine that's a pastor. My dad called him. He was to the house within the hour to pray for us, to be there when they came and remove the body from the house. But I I always wonder, like, if I go to one of these big mega churches Mm -hmm. and something in my life happens, I don't want junior pastor so-and-so to come out like... Cause you don't preach on Sundays. Like, can, can, can I get, can I get the man in the house to come on? I don't want it. I can't wait two he weeks.
2: He'll got a special access on the line of the Lord. You feel me? Do your pastor Talk to God like everybody else do.
1: Okay. Well, call the, call the other guy up on the main line and t- t- tell him what I want. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I just feel it. I just feel the way. But when I think about like 20 years, like I'm on, the, I'm on the side of the city at this point. I want you to, because it was condos, promise. It was the church, a lot of other stuff, and I drive past there pretty often. And it ain't nothing but that shell that's been up, I don't know, better part of a decade. If not, I'm, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. That's all I'm saying. Like
2: there is a business, there is a church, and then there's a church business. I had a family member who was very involved in the church business for one of these particular churches. And um it's legitimately like they got it down to a science where if we telling the cu- we tell the customers <laughs> to come uh to the altar, right? And if don't nobody come, they'll tell everybody to close their eyes. Um and then they'll say a man is coming up to the front. Because when a man comes up, they know a woman or two women will come because like, oh look, there's a man coming up. And based on how many um members I got, I can kind of Average out how much money you're going to give me, how much your ties going to be, how much your stuff.
1: And it's like, it's a... Look, I have been placing it. Lock the dough. <clears throat> lock the dough. Yeah.
2: It's, inter- it's Make interesting. Make it happen.
1: Lock yeah. the dough.
2: It's interesting. Uh, I'm actually going to introduce our guest because uh, like one of the... This not the main topic, but one of the first times I, I ran into their content and it, it was around... It was a similar... Uh, similar to this. But, uh, you know, on the pod, man, we've been talking about New Era Detroit uh, for a number of years, uh, we always fully supported them, a pro-black organization formed to restore black unity in black communities um, in Detroit, and across the nation, specializing in the organization, the structure of black communities, making organization like a way of life. And uh, right now in the studio, we got uh, one of the founders of New Era Detroit. Uh, i let him introduce himself.
0: Peace and love. Peace and love. Appreciate y'all good brothers, man, I yeah, my real for having me. Appreciate you for coming real. through. Yeah, I'm Zeke with uh New Air Detroit. Yeah.
2: Man. Pleasure to have you on the show, man.
0: Yeah, man. Like I told when I
1: when I greeted you in the lobby, you know, this is something we've been wanting to do for a minute. Uh shout out to the homie Rafa for making a connection. You know, he we've had him on the show several, several times, literally before. The grocery store became like a, a brick and mortar. Mm. You know, we've been talking to him. So we've, you know, seen the inception to where he's at now. We consider him a brother that has been here. He was here just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. in the studio with us. We still got his belt in the other room. Yeah, <laughs> I he, talked to him today, actually. He yeah, he didn't he come back. Today. Yeah, uh-huh. he didn't come back. But, uh, you know, he made the connection for us. And, man, we, we're we ecstatic to have you here and talk to you and uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit about New Air Detroit and some of the, some of the things we see you around the city doing.
0: No, that's love, man, and a uh, big shout out to my good brother, man. He, I just like, I'm, I'm impressed with like the younger generation, the ones that actually get it. You feel me? And um, him and, and along with a, a few other young brothers, man. Um, brother Joanne, I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. Um, he do the debate. Um, he got the debate team and stuff. He do a lot of dope stuff, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of good young talent around the city. Absolutely, to, you know. We should be proud of.
1: Yeah, you know, One one thing that I that I love, like a lot of the people in our circle, really everybody that we kind of connected with on the business end, you know, are good, solid dudes that we met with business and it turned into something else. And what I can say about Raphael, you know, our homies, the twins, everything that they said that they would do, put us in touch with, we're going to make happen for us. They stood tall on all of it. I'm that, just a, that means a, lot.
2: a proponent of somebody doing what they said they was going to do. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And with good intentions. Uh clearly you can't predict the future, but when somebody says I'm gonna do something, they just when they do it, I mean, that's the kind of things I respect. That's which is why I don't make promises that I don't intend on keeping or if I don't think I can keep. But when you say something and you do it, it's all to respect the respect in the world for me.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Um so before we start talking about New Air Detroit and and things of that nature, uh where you what side of town are you from?
0: From the West Side.
2: West Side. What high school did you go to?
0: I went to Weston, man. Um it was uh it was one of those schools that just like just opened, bro. It was like a charter school for real, for real when mm-hmm. I first started doing that. Um but it's it was right over there between Redford and Henry Ford. It was really one of them transitioning school, open door schools, so people who got kicked out of red, people who got kicked out of Ford. You'll see a lot of people yeah. come in and out and stuff like that, but it was it was small.
2: Yeah. How was it like growing up though? I mean, everybody. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. Detroit. I feel like uh, people from certain sides of the city, like we all got the same story for real. Like it's the same thing. You feel me? It's just like you know, growing up in the city. You know, in the nineties, early two thousands, tell you I'm an my eighties baby. So, sports sure. eighty five. Um, but really, growing up in it, like I feel like one of the last, like the calm before the, like the calm before the storm. Yeah, like for barrier, sure. You feel me? Like that was like the last time. It was just. Like, we was able to move around and kind of do what we wanted to do without worrying about so much of the stuff that's going on in these times. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was good times back in the day, for real, for real, man. We got to move how we wanted to move. And, you know, people was getting money without, you know, all the extra stuff that's going on. And
1: And there was still so much going on in that time now that, like, we kind of look – now we can look back on it in hindsight. Like, stuff was still kind of crazy, but like you said, it was was certain boundaries.
0: Yeah. I
2: be wondering. I'm born in '82, so like, yeah, you know, crack was cracking in the '80s. You feel me? So I'm born to 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 my my brother three years older than me, but my dad was 23 and my mom was 21 when they had me. So if you living in the '80s, you 21, 23 years old, while crack is at its all time high, I think that like impacts how you raise your children, where you keep them from or whatnot. Like when we talk about, I know your your favorite phrase, crack. Crack babies and shit like that I know uh, no, I believe It's <laughs> somewhat of a myth <laughs> um, But like it really shaped Like what's going on I was blessed to grow up In a, in a two family home uh, Dame as well How was your struggle?
0: Mine's the same Yeah
2: How much do you think That has an impact On how you are When you when you gr- when you you matriculate To adulthood?
0: It has the, the most impact um, I mean You can actually see it Like the science is there Like we can all just see Like when people say That they've been raised in a two-parent, you know, household. Like, you know, there's certain there's certain things that you know we still hold value of, like morals and ethics and codes and stuff like that. Things like that develop from, you know, two-family households. And, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to hit on that other issue too. Even with the um, the crack back in the '80s, um, in Detroit it was kind of different too because, you know, a lot of people, even with it being such an epidemic. Of like crack and you know cocaine back in the eighties, we still had the factories, man. So, yeah, you know it was a lot of legit money that was. Yeah. That's, like that's how we really breeded families here in the city of Detroit because of you know that being able to have so much. You know, connections with re- really being able to have jobs and opportunities back then.
2: Absolutely, I mean, my grandmother retired from the, one of the big three. My, we all got that story. My, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, my grandfather, the whole
1: nine. Everybody, like every somebody, was somebody in every family that worked for Chrysler, Ford. Lifeblood of, and and it was crazy. Currently,
2: right now. A lot of people in the city of Detroit or the metro area, they work for the big three.
1: Or uh, a supplier or something like that. Because it's, it's, you know, people make whatever jokes they want to make about the plant. But if you're walking out of high school with just a high school degree, it's one of the few places you can go and make a substantial living right out the gate. All you got to do is get in. You You get in, you go to work, you can make a substantial living, 19, 20 years old working at the plant. You can literally work there until you know your retirement age
2: Meaning income in the city of detroit it's like $20,000 so Damn. if you can go into a factory making anywhere between $40 and $80,000 cuz it it, it kind of varies i mean you you, you straight yeah. you know what i'm saying
1: you can you can maintain
0: a comfortable middle class existence yeah. i think that's kind of um that that's that course is kind of coming to, you know, to an end, though, because, oh, absolutely. you know, the price of, like, living has, you know, it's just really out of control for real, for real. So, you know, even with that, like, trading time for money mm. um is, is like, one of those things that this newer generation especially is not really willing to do that like that for real, for real. So I can't, you know, big those big companies, they're going to have a hard time. You know what I mean? Like, in the coming years, the next decade, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they up their wages to to be competitive to, mm-hmm. you know, this this way of living in these times and also a whole generation that's not really willing to work. This generation not really Damn. willing to work. So what do we do with that?
2: That's I mean, it's the double edged sword, because to a certain extent, like I want everybody to know their position and their value in the community and be able to to negotiate a wage that's like respectable. Mm-hmm. And some of some of the young folks is doing it. And then some of them are doing it because they rather not work.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, uh, some going to have to give because you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah, and so they figured out other ways to to maintain themselves, whether it be social media. They steal it. You know, scamming. scamming. <laughs> I mean, let's
2: keep it Like They, yeah, they right, stealing. stealing.
0: Yeah, scamming,
2: yeah. I mean, they, digital they, pocketbook.
1: That's people. the new. That's
0: the new selling dope. That's what dope. selling, that's what that shit look like. Yeah, though. for sure. Back in the eighties, that's that's the new hustle. That's the new game.
1: But it's not. It's like how we we live through big drug dealing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We we saw the beginning, the crux, and then the end of mm-hmm. it. They they just had the beginning with the scamming part. Mm-hmm. You know it it hasn't. You know, even though it's crazy right now, it hasn't reached its peak because
2: they can stop it whenever they want to stop it. It's just not being stopped
1: That's fine Because there's a market for everybody When yeah. it comes to I mean like a, The they The, the banks the, like, No no I, I get what you're saying It but, can be stopped When they want it to stop But everybody get, got their hands In in a pot for right now, now yeah. when Certain legislation change when, mm-hmm. when real change happens Then we'll start to see You know the change that it is that we're looking for with it, but like right now, until we we haven't seen the worst, so we haven't seen what the other side looks like. Now, when the money starts slowing down, and now you let's say mid twenties with no tangible skills, it's going to look a little bit different out
0: here. Man, mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. thing with with dope. yeah, yeah. We've we we seen back the, in the cycle, ed. so
1: we know what it looks mm-hmm. like. Shit, they same. just haven't lived through it. Mm-hmm.
2: Same thing when they close a plant in Pontiac, mm-hmm. when they close a plant in Flint, mm-hmm. like. We make all these areas to for y'all to live at So y'all can go to the plant And then close the plant And then like A little crack over here And now you That's your main That's your main Import export out of your neighborhood Like y'all Pontiac was a town that was created For the plant
0: mm-hmm.
2: You know And then when it closed What are all these people supposed to do?
1: Pontiac, Flint, Highland Park
0: Yo, We can go on and on yeah. You know what I mean? For real And and, and look at look the way they're looking right now because of that, no industry has been able to come and replace that type of Ghost towns. Of, yeah. Ghost towns. Well,
2: so what's interesting too, man, is uh, is two things. Back when Andrew Yang was running for, for, for president or whatever he was running for, uh, he was talking about his AI and how that's going gonna, gonna to really cripple. It. He was trying to get the, the universal basic income, all that other crap. But the number two jobs in the country is call center worker. Well, three. Call center worker, cashier, and truck driver. And once they automate that, it's going to be different. It's going to be like Detroit got st- the auto industry got snatched from Detroit across the country at the same time. So now what do you do when when the, the trucks drive themselves, when the A.I. is smart enough to talk? Everybody playing with this chat GPT and talking and le- making it smarter. Like, what do you do when I no longer need you to do to, to a basic, simple task? You know what I'm saying? And cost it. And now we press one, press two, where everything is online. Yeah. It's like, yo, we got to find some tangible skills somewhere. Uh, and everybody can't code. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't even,
1: not an AI smart enough to code itself. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, it's getting real, it's getting real hairy out here. going to be skills. Like, what, what, what other, you know, they, they took skilled trades out of school so long ago, but like, you, People need a if, – if you learn a skill, you learn a trade, you can feed your family. Facts. If you know how to – you know, if if you – we have Votech and things like that, but, like, literally, I remember my ex-wife, when I met her in high school, she was taking cosmetology. Now, granted, she don't do hair or do nails now, but, like, that's a skill that she has where she – if shit hit the fan, she could take that skill and and make a living with it. And they, they don't teach that
0: to young, young
2: kids. No matter how advanced life and civilization get – Yo, somebody gonna have to come fix the toilet dog. It's
0: gonna be something. <laughs> I, I it's just we just really moving into a whole nother, like, new era of living though. I mean, it's gonna be jobs which is gonna be based upon technology. Yeah. Everything technology has really, you know, come and embodied the earth for real, for real. So we just gotta be able to figure out what those jobs gonna be, get ahead of the curve and create. You feel me? Like yeah. we gotta be able to create our own lanes and you know, it's really like we hitting the start over button for real, for real. Yeah. So, you know, we got to put ourselves in a position to be, you know, smart enough to, to figure out how to move in this new life, this new way of living.
1: And if the pandemic didn't do anything else, it exposed us to how vulnerable, you know, we really are, how how much we don't have mm-hmm. and how much we don't know.
2: Man, if it exposed anything, for me, it'll be if we got reparations, that shit will be over with the next year.
0: The next year.
2: I used to be like, no, give me the money. i do what I, I nah, It's a horrible idea if we got reparations because then you don't got no. <laughs> we
0: still a, need reparations. Right? They can, they can it's me, a different can get, way to they do they it. They get me the money. <laughs> Shit, <'cause> we <laughs> we going to do what the fuck we supposed to do, you feel me? Yeah. But, it, but you're right, though. You feel me? But most people, it was just like it was a crazy test run. And, and look where people are literally. hasn't Man. even been. A whole year feel like, you, you know. got them
2: bottles. They was like, ding. That's all <laughs> was going on during the pandemic. And lobster boils and shit. And buffs, they, they made, the buffs. Buffs double, uh, <laughs> made the price of buffs double. You feel me? Made the price of buffs <laughs> double. Man, they ruined the market. Like, feel man, my up. That's not what they cost, man. Now they cost that. But, like, man, that's not it.
1: But I don't it, know, man. It it's- exposed the truth. Because I... You know, I always joke about. I've said it on the show that, like, you know, I was working during the pandemic. Likewise, I I was blessed enough to still have consistent income, and I went to work. And I felt for a minute like, man, I could be in the crib and getting the check to come through. But like, what would I really have done? I I wasn't. I didn't have the. I didn't the big picture of like people that were scamming, getting that money. I was frustrated
2: because I was trying to get the. I was trying to get the fucking. We was
1: trying to get the PPP for the studio, like
2: legitimately, and they kept saying no. You know what I'm saying I'm like what the fuck We trying and to pay I was rent And I'm working at a credit union At the same At the time And like I'm literally seeing The amount of money That people Are dropping in their accounts Like they get Here go 60,000 Here go 90,000 They call like uh, And It got to a point where it was like Yo they didn't even have a tax ID number set up. So they was like, look, we're not even going to give you the money unless you got a tax ID number. They calling me like, well, how do I get a tax ID number? Like, nigga, you don't got no business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They making up. I'm like, yo, I'm seeing money get sent to everybody. Well, just at this particular credit union, who knows what all the bigger banks and everything right. was doing. I'm like, yo, he go 60, he go 90, he go $120,000. I'm like, fam, they closed the builder down. I need, like, I... They kept saying, no, nah, unless you for agriculture or some shit. I'm like, dog, it was made for the skin. It wasn't made for the it wasn't made for the regular folks. I had to apply as an employee of a business that closed down. And that's how I got funds to keep the studio up afloat. And Trump and the state of Michigan extra money that they was giving out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm it's like, damn, oh, that's
2: kinda wild. Like, how come I can't get the actual loan? Like, nigga, I pay my
1: taxes, tax ID, the whole nine yards, like because it, like you said, that was that was the experiment we to see like what what would really happen. That was that was the litmus test, and we showed mm-hmm.
2: them. Mm-hmm. All right, so West Side, we uh, you know what school you came from. Two parent home. Where did um did you always have a, a a sense of community that we needed to do something or was it something that happened in life? Like, yo, something ain't
0: right about this. Yeah, I feel like you know. I've always been the type of person that, you know, thought about other people, you feel me? So I always had, like, that's, I always move like that. Like, the people around me, make sure you take care of the people, make sure you look out for the people around you, those type of common sense morals. But, um, you know, just over the years and growing up, man, and, you know, moving around, doing so many things and, you know, putting life into perspective um, and, and not just life in the sense of my life, but, you know, life as a whole, like, as a as a culture yeah you know like we go into these liquor stores and these gas stations and you know give all our fucking money away and you know they get this to talk people get to talk crazy you know what i mean like it's just so much like we women being kidnapped left and right, kids being shot and killed you know i people always ask like you know what made you get into this type of work and i just my thing is, like, what make people don't want to get into this type mm. of life. You feel me? I'm not no different from nobody else, but I understand, like, we got to take care of business, man. I have a five-year-old son. Um, and for me, there's no way I could ever, you know, be comfortable with myself sitting back saying, this is the world I'm going to leave you. Mm. You feel me? Like, um, just think about brothers and sisters who got whipped, you know, and beat and killed for nothing, and they fought, and they, you know, because they wanted to leave a better world for the next coming and we sitting back chilling like we we gochi, you know, I just feel like, and then you think like, what's the definition of a man, you know, and then you go further, like, okay, you know, we come from from kings and, and queens, we royalty, well, what's the definition of a king? Well, a king takes care of his kingdom, you feel me? And I feel like for men out here, we're not doing that. We're not taking care of the kingdom. You know, we, we, we live in life real selfish. It's about me and what I'm doing and my check and uh, my struggles and my pain. And, you know, we not, you know, sticking our chests out and saying it's about everybody as a collective and how we look as a collective yeah. and how we move as a collective and 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 hitting the reset button so that we can put morals ethics codes back into the game somewhere because it's nowhere right now. There's no morals, there's no value for life, there's no code, ain't no code amongst black folks at all. So, you know, my thing is always like, you know what's taking everybody else so long for real.
1: Mm. Mm. You know, you you had talked about like how we all kind of grew up in like a two family Two family household Coming up Mother father in there And I remember In the neighborhood That like I grew up in There were Most of the neighborhood Was two family households There were men On the block Men that I saw Consistently And even You know Maybe my father Was at work Or he was away Doing something else But other men That I could go to And look for For help And for guidance And I remember That always Kind of played a part On me growing up Because I saw these men Taking care of families I saw them Being pillowed. And, you know, they kept the grass cut. They made sure that like, you know, when we walk into school or walk, I knew every morning when I walked to the bus stop, there was a gentleman that lived up the street. He was a police officer, parked a car in the driveway every day. And I knew when I was walking to the bus stop 637 in the morning. He making his bend around that corner. Number one to make sure that it's safe. Number two to make sure, like him and my dad, cool to make sure that I'm where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there and going Thanks. in the direction that I'm supposed to be. Would he say something to me all the time? No, but I knew those eyes were silently on me, for sure, making sure that I was like not on some some bullshit first thing in the morning, like yeah. So I mean, which and,
2: is important because I'm I was going to CAS. I'm going to the bus stop at five forty-five in the morning. Fourteen years old, you know what I'm saying. It's pitch black. Yeah, I got grown men at the gas station asking me for money. You know what I'm saying. Like if you don't got people, and then like I know what time the greys leave out to go to work in the morning. You know what I'm saying. I lived on and Nevergreen when it used to be like a cool neighborhood. You know what I'm saying. It's a different experience right now over there, but like. I don't know, man. I think the '80s was just so cool. '80s babies were so cool because we just got the best of both worlds. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah. the last to, they were last to get the best of both. Yeah, people. absolutely.
2: Uh, and over on my where my grandmother and them stayed on Linwood and that Dexter area. Uh, like it was two big drug dealers over there, Zone Eight and all other shit. But like it was a cold. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just a certain thing where they didn't fuck with the well. In retrospect, I went to Jameson. They was definitely recruiting. They're they're driving their izukis. It was t- it was two twins. They will pull up, throw chips and everything over the motherfucking fence and shit. And like, yo, this is such and such and such and such. Make it look really really cool to go get the chips and you know y'all doing stuff for the community. But like, I remember one time specifically, we got a school and everybody knew there's gonna be a shootout at four o'clock after school. So after school Everybody went home The next day We come up there There's bullet holes In the school You know what I'm saying I don't know Who sent the word out to be like Yo tell all the kids To go home But the word was sent out mm, Yeah Now
1: <laughs> Duck You know what I, We just had that incident At Oak Park High School Where a young man Was shot uh, Next to the school After the after the basketball game Well maybe like A week ago I'm, I'm trying yeah, to that think was like last Friday uh, yeah, Or something yeah. Barely
2: a week ago Yeah it ain't. It's crazy. Ain't no rules. You know what I'm saying. Uh, so when did I assume? When did New Era Detroit come into existence, like officially?
0: Um, August seventeenth, twenty fourteen mm. was day one for us. You know, I'm big on organizing. So you know, people like ask all the time. Well, you know, you you know, are you an activist or are you? I'm an organizer. You know what I mean? I, I my goal is to be. Um, put myself in a position to be an organizational specialist, you know, for the streets. Like, we got to be able to organize. Everything that we do has to have a certain level of organization strategy. strategy, um, you know, with programming, like, just being able to bring resources back to the block. All of those things, man, like, we have to all be on code, you know, from politics to the business sector to the streets. It all has to connect. So to be able to organize these things and, you know, get people to understand, like, you know, we're not just doing something for our people uh, as an event or a tradition. Mm. You know, like, this, that's the worst thing that we got going for ourselves right now as people. Every single year, we going to do some traditional show. Yeah. shit, some eventful shit, <laughs> and, it, and it has not got us anywhere, you know. And, and people are really going around saying, I'm doing for my community, and I'm doing this, and the community ain't showing no fucking growth nowhere. And it's like, okay, if... if is this the the way that we do for our community? Are, are we doing this for self, you know what I mean? Or are we really trying to figure out a way to really move something around here? And it's like if we really want anything to change, we have to make it a lifestyle. It got to be something like if you want to lose weight, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, quarterly, you know, once a quarter or something like that. You got to say, I'm going to commit myself and yeah. make it a lifestyle to go work out. It's no different when we talk about the community. We gotta be able to put in time, energy, work, and make it a lifestyle. You can't, you know, just think of how crazy people look, bro, waiting all year long <laughs> to give kids toys in December. Cold ass December. Dark at five o'clock, December. Here go your bike. Here, here, here goes here go basketball, there go football. <laughs> you know, like and this is what we do. We're going to give kids all the, all the toys in the world. But uh, throughout the summer, it's kids sitting on the block, sitting in the neighborhood that needs shit to do. You feel me? Like, they need something to do. So, you know, even with us, like, we've started a, um, Toys in the Hood. We run that all year. Like, this year, we uh, did Toys in the Hood. I did this in uh, maybe about eight other cities, too, this year. Um, but we did Toys in the Hood. We fill up a U-Haul. We're going to buy all of that, basketballs, footballs, um, hula hoops, jump ropes. Water toys, like just and whatever we can fill up, man. And when we go to the hoods, it's like we going door to door. We already building um, a relationship with the community. This is our hood to hood program too. This is our mm-hmm. um, this is our um, community engagement uh, resource program. Um, I, I like to call it like a mobile block party, um, you know, because we we be turned for real. Like we got deep. I really in the back. be
2: out here in the yeah. community.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you, you change you change things through. You know, movement through feel, through energy, you know, through vibrations, and it's just like we got to be able to turn the energy around. It's just so gloomy. It's like every every time we think of, you know, our blocks and our hoods, it's like oh man, this happened or that happened, and it's just like we have to change the energy. We act, ha- we gotta raise the vibrations. It's low vibrations going on
1: right. When the kids see it, you know that that gives. Those impressions that it plants that seed, Yeah. it man. plants that seed for the next generation because they were – You know, you can buy you can buy kids whatever you want to. They remember things that happen. They remember things that impact them. You know, I, I can buy my kids toys and clothes, but like they remember trips. They were, you know, I, I've talked, Experiences. About, I've talked about it here on the show. When when me and their mother separated, I was dead broke. Like I didn't, I wasn't making a lot of money. Now I got three young kids. Everything in the house on myself. And I remember when i get paid, my big thing, i take them to Del Taco and get some tacos. For me, that extra $20 was killing me. But I could get enough food for us to eat, some drinks, and have a good time. And I remember just like maybe a, a year or two, not even that long, my daughter, who's 17, she's like, remember how much fun we used to have going to get tacos? And I had to explain to her, like, baby, I was, I was
0: poor. Like, I was poor as fuck. Like, That's we real. went to Del Taco
1: and got cheap at like because the tacos was 89 cents that's why we could get 10 and that's why everybody got something to drink because I could feed all th- all four of us yeah. for twenty dollars and still maybe have I would feed us and then like there was a dollar show like right around the corner like I would eat first because I couldn't afford popcorn and the feeders, so we would go eat first <laughs> then go to the dollar show and
0: watch whatever's out and, and that was a,
1: a good Sunday
0: for yeah me. for sure that sounded like a brother that make it work. That's why I feel like it's no excuse, man. It's just like, it's no excuse, bro. Like, when you got kids, and that's another thing for men, bro. We need to stop all that soft shit, you feel me? You got kids, bro. Like, you're gonna do whatever it takes, dog. Like, you're gonna make it happen, man. And just hearing that story, like, that's that's the true definition. You feel me? Like, that's king shit, you feel me? Being I could able. Never
1: to- imagine not doing for them. Like, it. it- Regardless of the relationship with me and their mothers, whether love or whatever didn't work out, I could never imagine like I feel like a a lot of guilt because I'm not in the home with my kids. They, you know, spread where they are and they they they're not growing up with me like I grew up with my father and my mother in the same house. So like, you know, maybe in some areas I try and overcompensate. But when I look at it like they my babies, that's all I got. They are, they are my legacy. They are, they are the only thing that I have in life. And while they may not understand the magnitude of that, like I would lay down my life and give everything that I had in me for them to live and have, you know, a better existence than me. Like if it's between me having and them going without, then I'm gonna go without every single time. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, You know i just got back into a place where financially i feel comfortable like but i've gone years without buying myself shoes i've gone years like look this coat gonna have to last two three years because they growing at the rate that they growing they just need things and you know how do i tell them you know no like how do i tell i you know i see you growing out of your clothes but i want to go out this weekend and do something like to me that never made sense
2: sacrifice and that discipline
1: and mm. i always saw my dad sacrifice and I, I never forget my father didn't get a brand new car until after my mother had passed he had, she had had like a newer car he sold her car back to the dealership and got a, got his truck and i always had like i would always hear him complain about wanting a new car like literally for like since i was like 16 17 now at the time i had probably two three cars <laughs> before i was able to get in a position where i could afford like a, a finance note I was, my sister had three or four cars. My mother had two or three cars. And I would always hear him complaining about wanting a new car. And when he finally got his car, I just remember how happy and how proud he was. And I, like, when, and it was close to when he was retiring. So I remember helping him out, like, looking at bills and and things like when he was starting to get to plan his retirement after my mother passed. And he was telling me, like, you know, I'm kind of scared to retire because all I know is working. I don't know if I'm gonna bring home enough. And like when we started crunching the numbers, I'm like, man, you're gonna make <laughs> be right. you gonna make more <laughs> sitting at home uh, yeah. than you are going to work every day. So he went, he went out and got his truck. And I and I just remember I said, like, Dad, you know, with the money you had coming in, like, you probably could have got a truck Long time five, ago. six years ago. He was like, But your mama gotta get around to work. Y'all gotta get around. He was like, you got a bunch of kids, like, you need to get, like, I may need, you may need my help at one point, and may need to get around. And even, like, towards his last days, he was still sacrificing to make sure that, like, everybody was straight. Now, I'm early 30s, late 20s, early 30s at this point, and now he just, like... I made it enough where mm. where I can do what I want for me, and like I always looked at that level of sacrifice. Like my old man, I always say like he ain't make excuses; he just made shit happen, and and that's and that's like what I grew up with. And he always told me like I don't do what's popular around here; I do what's right, right. for this family. And he's like, when you have a family of your own, you'll do the same thing. And I and I find myself like, yeah, dude, do, do I make decisions that everybody like? Oh, this we we all happy? No, because if shit go wrong, who they blaming? Me. <laughs> and they expect shit to go right. So you don't get nothing when when the shit goes how supposed right, to. Right. But if something go, nigga, I, my furnace went out the day before Christmas. <laughs> after I bought gifts, after I got money set aside that I'm going to give to the kids tomorrow on Christmas, my furnace is out. Christmas is tomorrow. I can't dig into the money i've already promised my children for christmas we gotta I, gotta, make it happen. I just gotta figure it the fuck out because they coming to see me tomorrow afternoon and they can't come into a cold ass house mm. so you just figure this shit out mm-hmm. and, no. and parenting is so much about sacrifice mm-hmm.
2: i mean i guess this last week episode was about the personal accountability and it's like it don't matter why you didn't do it you didn't do it like i don't i don't need an excuse about why this didn't happen that's just that shit for you we you just you make it a, you make a promise you just got to do it and shit like there's no other option but those silent that those silent sacrifices that's what it's all about and then um so i question as far as like when new or detroit and stuff matter of fact before that one of the things y'all used to do or were do that uh that i enjoy and i participated in when y'all did the the cash mobs at black businesses. Yeah. Every time y'all put that in there, I will go I wanna go patronizing these these businesses and I've been messing I was with I just had
1: that that liquor store that I saw y'all posting up with a with a young ladies on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We was just out I was literally I'm literally just coming from that. Like, um before I got here, uh we we doing on patrols on the weekends, and I just trying to stay visible, moving around, um, and, and paying special attention to black owned businesses, but yeah, like that's that's
2: definitely Man, I ain't stopped going to Possible Since the <laughs> first time I think that the location that y'all That we went to initially was the one on uh uh In Southfield But they six mile location yep. I end up moving like a block away from Man, I don't live over there anymore But every time I'm on the right. off I'm going to them Because right. like, like why, One, the barbecue mac and cheese uh, The barbecue chicken mac and cheese Is fire So get that But like it was a bunch of places that I hadn't heard of I'm like let me go try it out I mean And like that just Man it do I assume That it does a lot For a small business If you just get an influx of people in there Spending money in the community And if When that happens to you Then like well I want to go spend this money somewhere else And It's a It's a cyclical effect Um, So I really appreciate y'all doing that and it put me on a bunch of different places and then I start recommending like hey you should y'all you've been impossible Mm -hmm. and immensely uh, supportive especially being a small business like you know how difficult it be and guess what (laughs) it don't matter what happened clients want their stuff you know what I'm saying so a little bit of love from the community, it go a long way. So yeah, I, I appreciate y'all doing that.
0: Yeah, nah, big shout out to, uh, Moo too. She, um, you know, the owner of Pasta um, super dope, man. I, I got a great relationship with a lot of, um, business owners in the city of Detroit, man. We've been, you know, doing stuff for just black people that's doing stuff. You know, our, our goal is always to, you know, support as much as we possibly can. And, you know, with all of our programs, so that's a program of ours that we still do. We just, yeah. we got, um, uh, our schedule for this year, too, we doing the first weekend of uh, every month. The first weekend is going to be by Black Tour weekend. So we'll be having different businesses this year. But that's one of one of those programs, you know, we've been running for, like, yeah. you know, some years now. Yeah. We'll
1: yeah. make sure to highlight them on the pod, too. Absolutely. But, you know, when you mention that, but on the flip side of that, end, you know, one thing I, I've always seen about you is that you're very vocal. Mm. You know, you don't... Mm-hmm. It's no problem with raising your voice and saying what needs to be said. And I remember when we were looking at different locations to move the studio to, it always stood in the back of my mind about the issue there with Greenfield Plaza. Mm-hmm. And and typically when we had guests come through, I always text them, "Don't go to Greenfield Plaza." Yeah, everybody they was, goes. They see the we address. send them the address
0: cause, and cause they that's go the first. To. Let me tell you, brother, something. That's the first thing I looked at when you said y'all was over in this area. Because I was like, I'm about to have to, um, you know, I I regret to, you know, inform these brothers that I'm not going to be able to make that podcast because I don't go to the plantation.
2: Yeah. I went in there. before because we was... We was spending money with the white man, and then we figured out like you know, let's, let's open up our own spot. And you know, it was
1: always getting that audio back late, and yeah. it was always something, something a little iffy with the business. And
2: when I went in there, they wanted, uh, they was asking for too much money. The the same guy from the video, uh, I just didn't. He ain't say nothing out the way to me, but like I just, I ain't like the energy. You feel? Uh, me? You crazy, can, you bro, can tell bro. you can tell when somebody not interested or no one no one don't respect you or
0: that's the word bro the respect is not there it's not there for you know people our people in particular who you know give him all of his money you feel me that's a predominantly black you know predominantly black business besides the jury floor of course but you know predominantly black businesses in there that's the reason you're able to live the way you live and the, the respect you know I just off bail. Like it was that energy was off bail. And yeah, we gave him a little headache, bro. Like for real, for real. Cause they was trying to act. I got a crazy story about Greenfield Plaza, man. Like even when doing all of that, like they tried to act when we, we, we had went up there twice. Mm-hmm. The first time we went up there. Um, it was just, you know, maybe like 15 of us all brothers, you know, we went up there. Um, and the, the original, what originally happened, you know, um, I had went up there one day uh after hearing about a lot of different things going on, you know, a lot of situations going on up there. I was, I had a guy that was doing some um some some stuff for me up there. So I was going in there to holler at him real quick, and I had parked my truck um, you know, out front. Um and dog just tripping in the hallway, like, who truck is this? Yada yada blase, like just loud. Like I heard him from where I was at, but I was like, You know, dog tripping. I wasn't even really paying no attention. Like you know, I was taking my time to do what the you know do what I had to do. So, you know, I'm going. He don't know who I am. He don't know nothing. You feel me? But the disrespect. Um, you know, as far as you know, raising his voice and you know, just you could just tell in his tone that he owned and he ran this. You feel me? And it was just right. like no respect for none of you niggas. You got to respect for I, me. Like, I have no respect for none of you niggas. That's, that was his energy. So, um, you know, we came back really the next day, and it was about 15 of us. Um, and so our thing was like, okay, now we about to go talk to black businesses because there's always strategy behind when we do stuff like that because people, are t- you know, twist stuff, and it's hard for us to be able to stand up and, you know, to hold people accountable because there's always loopholes to make you look like, you know, the thug, the gang. Oh, y'all, sure. there's some thugs coming up here doing this. And that would be the first thing, you know, to like get get bad public opinion on you and, and drown that. Like people tried that from a lot of different angles. It didn't work. But we went up there and, um, you know, we was talking to a lot of different businesses uh, up there. He ended up. Bumping into us, it was a bit. It was an altercation up there. Um, You know, the police came up there, uh, and long story short, bro. um, After the altercation and after everything happened, the police gonna tell us Oak Park police. It was like, you know, you know who this guy is. You know what (laughs) I mean? They they said that this guy is like the Tony Soprano of Oak Park. I can't make this shit up. He said, if I was y'all, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with this guy if I was y'all. I wouldn't I would I would leave whatever you got going on, I would leave it alone. So that's what he told us when we came the first day. So I was like, cool, I ain't go to sleep the whole night, bro. I'm like, the audacity of him to say like The police. The police to say like this guy's the Tony Soprano of Oak Park, like, leave him alone. Like, bro, you feel me? Like, and that's the and that's the that's the way these people look at us, though, because they don't have no respect for us because we don't demand it on ourselves. Absolutely. People don't step up when it's time to step up and get, you feel me, flex our muscle. So what we do the very next day, show up 150 people. You feel me? Like all black, parked in Detroit, walked all the way down, formation, single file line, all black on code. Everybody shut off the entrance. What nobody getting in there that day. So, you know, we caused big, big issues and we forced a lot of different black businesses to leave, um, too, you know, when we did that, man, like not everybody left, um, which is unfortunate. You know, that's the hardest, you know, part of doing this type of work. It's like people nowadays are so, you know, they so used to not being on code that they yeah. don't know how to get on code. You feel me? So it's just like, you know, we had one guy that was so disappointed cause we wouldn't let him in. He like this, this guy pay my bills and, the way he was just like, you know, straight cone shit. Like, y'all talking, you don't know it's black businesses in here. This guy helped me pay my bills. Not thinking about the bigger picture that, you know, it's a daycare down stairs with little black babies that hear this man talk to, you know, people that look like them in a certain way and, you know, use certain language and, you know, move yeah. in a certain, you know, manner. You're not even thinking about that as a black man. You're thinking about, once again, what we just talked about, you're thinking about you, so, you know, for, for us, it's always been about respect, bro, and letting people know, like, in this city, at this time, as long as we around, if it's something that's going to pop off, bro, you going to show, we're going to get the respect that we need. And from that, you know, you figure out ways to work with people so that we can get power. That's the ultimate goal. We don't have no powers. But black people, We the, the, the dominant population in the city of Detroit with, with no power, like none. And it's like you can't even you can't get power if you don't even got fucking respect. If people mm-hmm. don't even respect you, how are you supposed to be people of power? So our thing is, yeah, that was step one earlier on. I saw you seen a lot of that stuff. It was about getting our respect. So once we got our respect, okay, let's get to the business of what we're doing. You know, let's make let's make this make sense. Now we focus in on us. You know, it's not about them no more, but it's about letting them know that y'all where y'all at and who we are and the power that we do possess. But Everything else from here on out is about us. It's about what we do, and
2: that was one of the first um, viral moments that I saw um, with New Era Detroit. And the other one is kind of like what we was, We kind of started the pod talking about today. It was a, um, a incident uh, at a, a popular mega church, the same church that that uh, invited uh Donald Trump uh, to the city of Detroit. The same church that, if you go online. You can see the pastor laying on another man and like, it's some weird stuff going on. Some real weird ritualistic stuff. He's a big name. He has a famous son. Um, But like, it's a video of like him laying on another. It's just weird stuff that goes on. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to disparage the man, uh, but can you, so there are some mega churches, right? That like, a full city block and people will pull up in a a Bentley and live in mansions and all the other stuff in one of the poorest cities um, in the country. And we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. I don't think because you are a pastor, you shouldn't make money. You feel me? I don't think that's the case. If, if this, what you do, that's what you do. Cool. But I do think it's something wrong. When you make money off of poor people, and you just see them weekly, and they give you everything, and all you give me uh, uh, prosperity preaching, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so there was an incident where um, I interrupted a service. Can you tell me like the thought pro? What started that? Like, what did somebody come to y'all like yo? What's going on down here? Or how did how did that kick off?
0: yeah I mean it was a lot the backstory to that is just extremely long man um it was just one of those things to where a lot of times you know when we get things that stuff that come across our desks is it, it's like norm, norm um a lot of people you know bring it to the square so numerous yeah. people bring it up like okay, here's an issue here' here's a it's an issue here um so we just we laid on and we stated um I don't know how familiar y'all are with a dial kart y'all familiar? Mm, Dolls, no. See, this is wild right here. So, Dallas go kart. They closed now. They like recently closed. We actually did a bi black tour there too. Um, it was one of the kind of connect the dots to the back end story. You of said go kart, go kart bro
1: on, on the one in the hood on uh, I think it was on Greenfield or something Greenfield or the Plymouth area. Nope, on uh Oakman right next to um right next to Wayne uh, T Church. Okay, okay. Now I know I know what you're talking about. Now my. <laughs> Back in the day, somebody took me there on like a little little outing. So I know what you're talking
0: about. Yeah, Grand River and uh, Oakman, right over there. It was like one of the only places in the city of Detroit where, you know, kids can go go karting and stuff like hmm. that. So um, they've been over there for some time too. Like my old dude, he, he, he knew about it. He said they was over there like back in the day type stuff. So, um, but the real backstory is uh, when we first went over there, I was just looking like, you know, You could tell, like, the business was on its way out the door. So they didn't have no support. You know, the go-karts was, you know, kind of Long in the tooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, I I look at that, and then literally, yeah, you could ride over there today, you'll still see the remnants of it. You know, literally right next to it is this huge mega church. And then I'm looking like you, you get to looking around in that whole community, bro. It's like, you know, where we at right now, you know you know what I mean? And then they had a situation with them to where they were, like, not supportive of, of the business, to say the least, even going, you know, going a step f- further and saying, you know, that they were even blocking them on certain hmm. Um, you know, in certain situations. Like, they believed that the church had took, when they first came, had took some of their land um as far as how much property they owe yeah. and they put that big ass uh parking you know that parking lot back there and gated it off so they was going back and forth with them with them and they would intimidate them and just do all type of just big big man like little you little guy we big man thing that's and a lot of times and, and things that we do is, is that type of situation it's always like oh the big man like we want them you feel yeah. like the people that feel like they can't be touched and it's nobody that's going back or support do? like you know the the small voices you know the people that you think you could just run over like I get it I love that bro like that's when I, I I turn up the most because it's like we on your head like nobody like none none of us nobody's untouchable you feel me so but somebody gonna have somebody to have their back but with that situation, just so happened the timing of it is when the whole Donald Trump thing was happening too. So, you know, when he had Trump come uh, to the church and it was just like, just for stunt. Like, you know, at the time we was like, no, nah, we don't want dog here in the city. Like, what? nobody really trying to get him to come do no fake press release in the city. Like, you don't, you know, like, you ain't did, you ain't you been here before. Be here, like, right? bro, yeah, like, yeah. what well, what you doing here? So people weren't feeling that. So the, ironically, that day was an orchestrated protest. And it's just like protests with me is just I never understood. Like some of them are beneficial. Let me Let me not say that. But for me, it's just like something orchestrated to where I'm going to put the date out there, the time that we're going to come and we're going to do something. It never made sense to me. Like even all the stuff that we did, including – what we talking about with the church, Greenfield Plaza, that was pop-up shit. Like, you going about your day, and what's up? We outside.
2: Yeah, don't. I don't want because, you to plan for me.
0: So, like, you don't know nothing. Like, we way more effective. Once again, it goes back to organization. Like, that's, you got to be able to organize that type of stuff. But um, with that situation, um, we was able to, that a day before, everybody was out there. So, you had other pastors from the city and activists in the city. Everybody was out there so much so that they brought the the uh, horse out there and tried to ride. Like, you had all the fake activists, they pulling on the gates. Like, they about to get in the church, right? Like, they like about to storm in the church when Trump was up in there. So I'm, I'm out there get to see that with my eyes. And so when we orchestrated what we were going to do, and the goal was always just to bring light to people of what's going on. But we— We, the day that we went up there, it was it was, we we never imagined that it was gonna be like that, bro. (laughs) To to say the least, bro. I just I never I've never been to a mega church, right? Like that, like I didn't grow up in the mega church, and you know I never really seen what it looks like inside one of them boys, and it's like Broadway. It was like, a, <laughs> like they had the lights. It was just like dog it's a production. Was just, it's it a was a production, production, but you know the message. It was just every, nothing felt right in there. It was it was very strange to say the least. So, you know when we went up and when we went and did what we did, it was always disrupt the service, man. It was like disrupt the service. And, and, and the and let people essence talk.
2: of protest Yeah
0: and, and let people People ask why You know that's that, and, and we don't even call it that's how we demonstrate right yeah. So we use the term demonstration So for us It's like okay yeah people gonna Well why did y'all do that Okay well now that y'all listening yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean This is the reason that we did what we did um, And it's just like I feel a lo- you know we got some, you know, pushback from that, you know what I mean? Like, it was expected. I knew that going in, that was one of those things, very risky. Took a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of thought went into doing that because when you talk about religion, we never wanted anybody to think that we were attacking, you know, attacking religion. yeah You know, I believe that people should, you know, believe in whatever they want to believe in. So I'm never, you know, it's never an, a, an attack on religion, but, you know, it's, an, it's a, an attack on principles, you know, it's an attack on, Morals is a, it's attack on those type of things. Like, come on, you know, you live in one of the poorest. I mean, you have a church in one of the poorest areas in the city of Detroit. You pulling a five hundred thousand dollar vehicle up to that boy every single day. You selling bottle holy water. You feel me? Like you got videos like you say, dog, out here humping and grinding, and it's just like for me. I'm with you. Like, one of, one of your brothers said, pastors, I don't care about, you know, the the money-making aspect of church. It is a business, you know what I mean? Like, anything. So I just want to make sure that if you are in the business of telling people that I'm going to be in a position to help, and then just historically black churches have always been a pillar in the community to help people yeah. outside of everything else that people— think it is now but black the black church was always the pillar of help as well as hope in, in in black communities so you know to be able to 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 put that type of energy in man like I I got a lot of love and respect for uh pastor Kenlock mm-hmm. um over there at Triumph um a lot of respect for how that man moved you feel me like he got a lot of churches you know I don't know what if he considered he could be considered a, like a mega church preacher or whatever but, I mean, I haven't seen a more humble individual uh, when it comes to people and, you know, the things that he do to help people in the community and, you know, like the things that I've been able to see with my own two eyes of the money that – because you know they make some good money at training. yeah. But the amount of money that they put back out in the street man, and the amount of people that that man helped um, behind the scenes, man, and not just behind the scenes, out in front of the scenes. That's another thing. It's like – it's one thing that everybody's saying. Well, you know stuff that I do. People need to see that, like they see yeah. all the rest of the shenanigans. That's why we record everything that we do. You feel me? It's like, oh, well, y'all trying to show. No, yeah, we we. Why y'all looking at them booty pics? You about to slide through some real stuff too on, yeah. the, on the net. You feel yeah. me? It got to be a balance of what we looking at, what our minds tapped into. So, um, but just that, brother, man, I, I really got a lot of a lot of respect, and I feel like if pastors Who you know made that type of income as a church business? You should be able to put more into the community that you serve, man. And that's just like I don't feel like that's asking for a lot. You know, I mean, we're not telling you not to live in in a nice house and do nice things, but but that that five hundred thousand dollar car got to match some five hundred thousand dollar of work that you're doing in the community. And on the
2: business tip. You should take care of your customers so they can come back and continue to patronize your business. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't look out for, like, if I'm in the, I'm in the rut, and you was the thing that kept me from going over, I'm gonna always love and respect that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, uh, when I 20 years ago, Pastor such and such took it like my family gonna like it. Just seemed like it'd be a, a smart idea business wise to take care of the community that you in, so then they
1: can continue. But the church and the community, like you said, should run hand in hand. I I, I remember knowing somebody personally who was in a bind. You know, they about to lose their home, phone about to get like they were they were at the edge. They went to the church and said, you know, you know how they always say the benevolent offering is to help out. You know, people in the community, they went to the church, there was a form you had to fill out. The church would look over the form, approve it, and they gave her the money. Mm-hmm. She sta- she was able to stay in her apartment. She was able to keep the lights on. You know, the church paid whatever past due balance and then gave her another enough money for like another month or two to help get her on her feet. And like that's that's the thing that I look for or I think is important because You know, it's easy to get up there and preach prosperity. The the Lord gonna do this for you. God gonna give you a new car. God gonna give you a new house. Well, until the new car and the new house come, I I got to make it. You know what I'm saying? I gotta get these kids to school. They need uniforms, they need book bags. You know, what's the in-between still gotta make it until the blessing comes. And and that's what you should be. You know, if I'm a and, and I'm not just talking like some fly by night shit, but like I'm a member of this church. You know, I come, I pay my tithes. My family been a member here. Like, I need help. The church should be the first place I look to for help in in, in a dire situation.
2: I was talking to somebody earlier this week. Um, you kids, your kids get allowance?
1: No, I, I I feel a way about an allowance. I don't mind giving money. Yeah. But I'm not going to pay you to do some shit you're supposed to do around my house. You're not, so, not going to get money for taking the trash out.
2: I used to get a lounge. My allowance was $5, right? When okay. I was younger. And my mom Living made me... Living high on a horse. And my mom made me... T- <laughs> and she made me tie it. that five? 50 cent every week. You know what I'm saying? I would slide my little 50 cent in there. You know what I'm saying? But she was trying to teach, you know, this is what you do. So, like, from this small age... I'm giving my money to this church, and you know the regular offering plate that come through. You throw your dollar in there. You know what I'm saying? So a dollar fifty a week out of my five dollars went back to the church. It's a large percentage of money. You know I I did. I got up to ten dollars. You know what I'm saying? And then it was a. But what Still I'm saying,
1: ten percent. I got. Hey, if I if I
2: need a, if I'm in the bind, I've been paying since I was a, a, a small child. You know, I got to high school. Things change, but when you start getting. That, when the job start taking taxes out your check, I'm like, "Yo, guy, got here." <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, no, no,
1: that's
0: not. How I, uh, I mean, no, but no, I, I feel like though, um, for real, e- even some of the mega churches, I feel like, I feel like if you're not taking care of at least your members, you know, like you, I don't even, I don't even understand that. But I feel like a lot of the mega churches do, um, you know, try to take care of their members, like especially their most prominent members. But really, church isn't about that. It's not about the people that. You know, you're able to get through those doors. Once again, we talk about community. What about the people that you can't get through those doors that need help? Um, you know, what about a plan to help the area as a whole and not just people? I mean, people going to have problems all the time. Like, I know firsthand as being one of the leading organizations in the city, like, we get calls every single day, man. Like, you know, we did that, um, um the Hotel for Homeless event, man. man, when we was able to, um you know, buy out a whole hotel. Uh, for people living out uh, on the streets. And, um, you know, had a whole day where we had people in there with resources. So, you know, working on long-term, you know, situations and things of that nature. But we did that um, back a couple of months ago. And mm-hmm. we still getting people every single day who who out on the street that need help. So it's just like, you know, people really do need help out here. And it's just like, we can't help every single person. But, the, the, the work that we're doing is going to be able to help the community as a whole. We, we should work. get somebody yeah. a blueprint. Yeah.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because um, those first two instances that we talked about add a certain connotation to them via social media. Mm. But over the years, I've seen the relationship between the organization um, and the local media and to a certain extent, the national media change. Mm. Um because of, in my opinion, because of consistency, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not doing this just
1: for some views or whatnot. Like we are consistently. There. And I seen you in videos, some we don't give a damn about being on TV.
0: Like it's yeah, yeah. I'm am I'm, I'm like that for real though, bro. Like I'm the same person in every single room. You know what I mean? And I, I only turn up like that for real. Like so, when people meet me, they always expect like this. Think about the turn. Up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm real cool. Like this is who I am. But I'm passionate about like what I do. So like Don't play Don't play with my people Don't play with me You know You know I I feel like we gotta Have that energy Like that's good leadership To me Like don't play with us Type shit Because that's That's what we on Like once again Go back to the respect So that's why It's a difference now Like at first Once again The first thing we had to do Before we can even Get ourselves in position To be in rooms You know um, With people making decisions Is get the respect That we need as people And that That don't look like, hey, how y'all doing? And you know, can we please? You don't sit ask down? for respect. No, you got to be a dog. Like, what, 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 um, what, bro? Say, you know, you got to have that dog, in you. yeah, you know what I mean, like, you, you got to, because that's the only time people gonna respect you. You know, that's the respect comes. Then after that, admiration comes. Now, oh, I admire the things that you guys are doing. So now, you know, let's let's talk about some things. But you can't get that. You can't get admiration without respect. Ever. You yeah. got to
1: make noise. Yeah. You know, and and. You know the noise sometimes may rattle the room, but like I need the attention. I need to get the eyes on us, and then once I got the eyes on us, I can start to to make the significant change that we need. But like, and it's important that like,
2: so we got the eyes. This is the promotion, but the work is here. Mm -hmm. Because if you got a promo without no work, Mm -hmm. then it's gonna fall, right? Yeah. So now the organization has expanded outside of just New Era Detroit. How many New Era how many new eras are there?
0: <laughs> so, um, we in seventeen cities right now, uh, and really like we in the in the midst of like our training. So, in earlier in the year, we do training for other chapters and things of that nature. every single week, we have training, national training, you know, to get everybody on board because all of it's important for all of my, our chapters to move the exact same thing, you know, the exact same way. Like we formatting ourselves, it's the same black print in which we created. We got the black print of how we're supposed to move in our communities in a year-in and a year-out basis, what we're supposed to do. So that consistency, being able to be consistent, you know, we were able to build structure in the things that we do and just passing that structure down um, and getting people to understand. Like, it's hard (laughs) because it is more work than what people are used to doing. So, you know, we have a – it's been a process to say the least, but, you know, people start to understand a bit more. You know, year in, year out. And our job is organized to figure out different ways, you know, to get people, you know, in and and and, and make them feel comfortable in doing for their community and for their people. Because you even think about community service, right? Yeah. Most people be like, well, they doing jail. community service. But yeah, well, what you correlate that to, right? So jail. Jail. Punishment. Your punishment. Yeah. Punishment. So our people are already... You know, subconsciously look at The only at way I'm going to
2: serve th- my community is if the government tell me and mandate yeah. me to do it.
0: Yeah, so it's already looked at as punishment. You feel me? To come and do something for your community. So we got to break that mindset. We got to break that stigma. We got to break it's the corny stigma. You know, when we first started, everybody was like, mm, what you doing, bro? Like, people, it was different. It was out the ordinary. Like, uh, you know, this might be a little cheesy. You know what I mean? type. So as it. It's as only that, cheesy if you fake it. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like even the way that we're doing. So when we first start and we going door to door, we got to knock on doors. That's not cool, you know what I mean? Like who want to go knock on doors and say, "Hey, how you doing?" Talk to people, introduce themselves. That's not people like the culture don't look at that and like, "Oh, that's sweet." I want to do that. But now years later, as we've been able to advance the program, so we got a DJ out. We playing their favorite music. We turning up the block. We got. Food, bunch of resources. I
2: done seen the faces of them people that y'all bringing groceries to. Yeah. They don't give a fuck how it look. They yeah. needed this food. That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. But but to get people so the goal is always, once again, long term. So how do we connect this to be something that the culture accepts? Because yeah. ultimately that's what that's what needs to happen in order for it to be successful long term. The culture it has to catch on and be cultural. So for us, we got to put ourselves in a position to say, okay, well, we create now what's cool. So now we want to make this the cool thing to do. Like, it's not it's not no longer corny to to move like how we move. And, you know, I think that that's big. I think a lot of people looked at it like that originally. I ain't go I ain't go front like, oh, yeah, I think they doing something nice, but it don't look like, you know, what I want to do. Our goal is to make this look like something you want to do so yeah. you can feel what we're doing. And... and 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 feel it enough to say this is something that I want to do on my own to make it a lifestyle, you know? You know,
1: one thing that I that I really love when I see you all do is just how, you know, something impacts the community y'all there. When that young boy got shot by his neighbor, hmm. y'all went out there, you know, immediately to address the issue, to to apply pressure on the And situation. ask questions.
2: You know what I'm saying? Cause y'all go out there and ask, let me find out what really happened.
0: Yeah, always. Always. Every situation, man, we hit the streets and the streets gonna talk. That's what I'm saying. Like, we we really trying to force that non that no snitching, um, you know, whole stigma out the window, uh, especially when it comes to and particularly, let me let me get my words, when it comes to women and kids, bro, like kids, it should be we don't keep secrets about niggas kill kids, bro. You feel me? Like We don't protect we, them. We, we don't protect them. We don't keep secrets about it. That's not cool. The same way you would look at a pedophile, somebody touching kids, you look at somebody- They should somebody be ostracized ostr- The same way. So, you know, changing that code and, you know, things of, you know, innocent people, bro. Like, I don't care about, we, we not in the business to say, oh, we about to change the world and stop the violence. That's why I never- get behind stop the violence campaigns you know the violence is here this is the United States of America you're not going to change the violence in this in 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 this country but what you can do is contain it and have a certain level of code to control it and and that's where we need to get at like is you can't kill kids bro like that I'm I'm a that's my dying thing bro I'm going to the grave fighting for that bro like if you kill a kid, bro, like everybody on your head, bro, like everybody.
1: Got to smoke them out. You know, you you mentioned something about that stop snitching sh- shit, and I got a good partner of mine. He teach law in Chicago, and, and as part of his, you know, I guess kind of give back, uh, he talks to like a lot of mentoring groups, for like young young black boys in the city. You know, just about law, the legal process. If you get arrested, what you can expect is going to happen. What what it looks like, not the sexy part that you see on Law and mm-hmm. Order, but like what's really going to happen. And he's one of the things that he always joked with us about, he said that stop. He said that snitching shit don't exist. Mm-hmm. He said because people are civilians. You know, the 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 small pocket that consider themselves gangsters, of uh, the street are a very small part of the community. He said Miss Johnson had been living on the block for thirty five years. Don't want your don't don't feel comfortable knowing that some nigga that shot somebody is two houses down from her. She talking to the police
2: and Miss Johnson should feel safe in her community to do so. Yeah. Now, when she don't feel safe by talking, that's a. That's an indication of another area. You know what I'm saying? The, the few should not be dictating everything for the many. But he was,
1: but he was like, it's just, it's just the the, the matter of fact that people talk. You know, me and you joke all the time. The police solve crimes every day because people in the
0: community talk.
2: I just go on the internet and look and, at the comments,
0: and, and and that's the reason that like I'm so against it because it don't exist. It's, it's fake. You know what I mean? Like, it, look at what's. going Look at what's going on with, you know, um, Thug and gunner and all them. You feel me? Everybody's like, talking. Like, you, it's there, bro. Like, it's all a facade, man. It's like all a facade. And I, a lot of me, I, when stuff like this happens, it's good for the kids to see. It's like, look, like the stuff. Like, these people be swearing to God that they going to stand on stuff.
2: 28 people arrested. 14 already put in pleas. Come on, bro.
0: And that? these are people that claim that they're your friends. Mm-hmm. When
1: when when they start talking them football numbers, 20, 30, 10 years, people start like That's what stopped it, the mob. It, it makes it a little bit different. Legitimately. When, when you're looking at not coming home, you know, everybody say like when you sign up for some gangster shit, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, it's cute to say. But like when you're really looking at not seeing your kids grow up, not seeing I got a partner of mine that just did 20 years. He got arrested the summer after we graduated eighth grade, did a complete 20-year stretch, and just came home maybe about three years ago. Mm. And, like, to see, you know, he— It's a whole new
2: world since then, dog. That was 96, 97?
1: He he shot two—he killed two men the summer after we graduated eighth grade. I remember about 10th grade or so, he, you know, all these things went through with court, and he actually— Went up to the penitentiary. When we came, when we saw him after he got out, after doing the complete 20 years. There was no parole, probation. He did 20 years. When we saw him, we went to hand him a cell phone because somebody that we knew from back in eighth grade knew he was out, wanted co- to connect with him. We went to hand him an iPhone, and he was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, literally, like, I don't, where where the button's at? How do I work it? Because he had been so... Like literally, he's away from the world.
2: Cell phones was two of these water bottles stacked <laughs> on top <laughs> right. of each other in '96. Yeah. You feel me, man? It's not a thing. I was
1: wa- I was watching snitching, snitching some former uh,
2: some former mob members talking and shit. You know what I'm saying on this podcast? Everybody or tells. But like, what changed is like the federal government start changing the numbers. Like it wasn't none. Oh, all right, we we do this, so we'll be home in five, six years. Mm. Like somebody take that, right? But nobody you got a release date.
1: You nobody, know when you' are coming on.
2: Yo, they're not taking. When Sammy the Bull is on podcast and I'm talking about what what was going like, man, I'm not taking sixty years. <laughs> what? I got a wife him like nobody taking thirty years. That's what ended the the mob.
0: Yeah,
2: it's not it's, the laws are different now, man. Yeah, laws
0: are they different. They're gonna get people in them rooms and they're gonna do what they do. But it's just like if we can, if we can get people to stop idolizing all the fake the fake gangster shit because that's the problem like yeah. everybody looking at those movies and i always found it ironic that so many black people idolized mobsters you know what i mean like so many black people I- idolize mobsters and it's just like Even the mob, like, they had code. Like, you you still, like, not idolizing the best aspects of why, you know, organized crime was so effective back then because they took care of their communities and they took care of their people. So that's how they were able to last so long because people wasn't so willing with lower numbers and sentences, but people wasn't so willing to talk, you know, to people about people who looking looking out for them, you know what I mean? So I just feel like at the end of the day— you know, the, the unrealistic world of social media and his phone and, you know, all of that, you know, the more that it's exposed, you know, the better it is for us as teaching lessons, you know. So I can't wait to go back with my mentees and, you know, we talk because that's what they talking about. You know what I mean? And utilize that as, as teaching lessons and, um, you know, putting it in, you know, getting more things implemented inside of their minds. As far as reality versus this fictional world, because that's the problem. There's no in betweens with the with the youth now. It's like everything is fictional world. Like that's that's that is reality. You
1: know, you with them. I like what you said about about mentors and mentees, and I've always been a huge proponent of that because I know for me, you know, I I was at a point in my life where I was kind of lost. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I could have went one way or the other, and I really didn't know what direction, you know, to kind of. Where my life was gonna go, and I remember somebody put me in touch with a with a mentor, uh, a, a black businessman in the city, a gentleman by the name of Donald Snyder. He owns a business over off uh, Woodrow Wilson called Paper Plast, where they make like the trays, styrofoam. You know when you get the the, the things from Coney with the yeah. the knife, mm-hmm. the fork, all of that. Mm-hmm. They they make that there, and. You know, for me, I I never heard of anything like that. I didn't know who this man was. Somebody put me in touch with him. He said, you know, he liked to help young brothers, give him a call, come by the office, called him up, went by the office, and he happened to take a liking for me. And he was like, you know, I want to make sure that we keep this connection and maintain this relationship. And I probably stayed under his wing for about a good three or four years. And being connected with this man, I was exposed to things that I didn't know were possible. I had never flew private before in my life. I saw it on on rap videos and, you know, in movies. But I remember he had a deal on the table where he was going to buy 25 churches' chickens between Detroit, Ohio, and like another Midwest state. I can't think of it off the top of my head. And we had to go meet at the Church's facility in Atlanta. So. I, I remember I was married at the time. So I'm telling my wife, yo, we're gonna be gone for a couple days. Mr. Snyder gonna take us down to Atlanta. You know, he told me to get myself prepared. The flight, you know, we're gonna leave in the morning. And I'm thinking to myself, commercial flight. We'd be down there <laughs> a couple days. I come to the I come to City Airport, because this is where my <laughs> mind is. Yeah. I don't know nothing about right. flying private or a small, small engine plane. I come to City Airport with a book, you know. Pack like I'm gonna be gone for a week. He was like, "What you doing, man? He was like, "We're gone and we're coming back." I said, "We're coming back when?" He's like, "Today." <laughs> I got plans for dinner later on, and I never experienced. It. I just didn't know it was real. We f- we leave. We in Atlanta. We leave eight o'clock. We in Atlanta before ten. We, we do all our business, our moving and shaking. They took us around Atlanta, showed us the operations of like what a typical day on the corporate end of churches look like and what it's like, like actually running and owning one. We had lunch at Popeyes Chicken, and then, <laughs> and then we flew back to Detroit.
2: That's actually pretty hilarious. Actually,
1: I remember the guy from churches took us to Popeyes for lunch. And I want to buy back. his business no more. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not even gonna
2: feed me the food. You go to our competitor.
1: They but they wanted us to show like, and and I, I understand now they did it for the reason to show like the differences between what they do and how they run business mm-hmm. and how their competition runs business. Yeah, it would have been cheaper. for... For him to buy these Popeye franchises but like this is what you get working with us as opposed to working with them uh-huh. and literally like when I came back home at like five o'clock she like so so you're just lying to me you just I'm like nah nah baby we've been I've been in Atlanta all day and I'm just coming back to Detroit now
2: yeah that's amazing
1: but I didn't know those things were possible unless I had a mentor around and like you know this This man didn't know me from a can of paint. Somebody literally passed a number to me, told him about me, that, like, you know, I was kind of trying to figure out shit. I had a young family. It was before I had my daughter, my oldest girl. So, like, you know, I'm early 20s, 22, 23. You know, he put his hand or put his arm around me just based off a recommendation for somebody else and, like, you know, pulled me into his inner circle to show me, like, these things are possible. Like, you know... He shared with me something really crazy about his story that always stuck with me, especially as I like moved up in business. He said, you know, I worked in the gas station up until I was 36 years old, mm. like a cashier. He said, because I had young." he said I was a young single father. I had two. Or th- he had like three kids at the time and he wanted to be at home with his kids when they got out of school and he wanted to be able to take them to school. So he said, you know, he lived with like the, his sister or something at the time. She would stay No, the kids are asleep at night. He would work at the gas station from, like, 9 o'clock to, like, 6 in the morning. He'd get off at 6 – Take the kids to school, get a little rest, be up in enough time to get them together, to pick them up from school, make them dinner, and then get them settled for the evening, then go back to work. And he said he did this up until he was 34, 34 36, some, somewhere in that window. And, and like how broke he was throughout that whole point, but the sacrifice of being there with his kids, and he always knew that like something better would come along. He said when he first started his business, he didn't have no plant. He didn't have a building, not nothing. He was outsourcing all of the work in order to make in order to make like the paper and the plastic products. And one and like a business he was working with, he was like, we're not paying you to outsource. We paying you to make it. So he had to like literally figure it out from nothing in order to make make the plant work. He's like he. You know, was leveraging like his home and his car at the time in order to get loans from the bank just to get a small business operation off the ground. And now, you know, it's a fully run big business operation. You should bring him on the pod? Yeah, I, 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 I will reach out to him. But like now it's a full, fu- fully functional you know, business. He has several other businesses that he runs, but like, you know, you, you look at businessmen when they are on top and you just think like, oh, it's always been yeah. that way. I came from money. Somebody help me. But like he literally was just like a single father struggling until he actually made something.
2: Mm, that's amazing. Uh Zeke, what I wanted to, what I wanted to mention or for folks who don't who not familiar, uh a couple of things that I saw over the years. Um uh, we talked about a couple of joints. Um, there was incidents in gas stations where um, the clerks come from behind the counter and Either put their hands on or shoot people, unfortunately um, And I've seen the community uh, rally behind you by, in, the, in, the, in your organizations Going up to the, the different gas stations, shutting them down Like no one's doing business here um, I've seen, you talked about it when the, the gentleman shot the little boy Um, Showing up there I know y'all do patrols um, In the communities In the neighborhoods Um, I know you guys were big In the uh, water crisis You know what I'm saying In Flint um, Connecting with Different athletes I know y'all Tapped in with uh, Steven Jackson A whole bunch of different things Um, Back in the day Years ago I sent a message Because like I didn't necessarily like The way that y'all were being portrayed You know in the media But what y'all doing into the inside of the community here? I know it's a new era Chicago, new era of Baltimore. It, it, y'all was somewhere in Africa with a new era. Like yeah. uh, the work that y'all doing, uh, it's so appreciated and it's so needed. And I'm glad that y'all finally the the media. Matter of fact, you met with the governor last month. I mean, last week.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. At our crib. It was out there? <laughs>
2: How did that come about i almost forgot like you literally met with the governor last week
0: yeah so um the governor got this thing where she um you know invite black leadership um you know up to her residence and it should be you know supposed to talk about you know some of the issues and some of the things you know that's how i took it at least you know what i mean so i come up there and i got like my notebook and i'm like I'm writing down. I went up there earlier. I'm oh, nah, like, oh, no, nah, we got to address this. Oh, no, nah, we got to. So, like, my whole agenda is going up there, you know, basically and being, you know, going up there for my constituents, you feel yeah. me, for the streets, being a, a voice of, you know, representation. And, you know, you, you get in these rooms, bro, and you see, like, the people that, like, when you finally get to these rooms, you see the people that's in the rooms, and you see, like, the motion that's in the rooms, and it's just like, I was one of the youngest people that was in the room i was like the only one of the only people that looked like me you know in the room i mean everybody was my skin complexion but it was just like yeah i i I really understand now like the importance uh, and the weight that you know a position like mine do hold bro To really to be able to like get be able to connect those dots man in a way and make people be able to respect the process in which that happens so um, I was actually able to have a good conversation with the governor. You know, put her aside to talk about business. You know, the business of you know I don't care about the damn roads. You feel me? Like that don't that ain't got nothing to do with us. But you know what I do care about is you know the educational process in the state of Michigan. You know, um, you know uh, how babies are being taught. Um, you know, getting you to understand that schools are not only academic institutions but social institutions. Mm. Um, you know, figuring out different ways to work on that aspect so that kids can learn, uh, get more programs, like, that's connected to the streets. And once again, not no knock on, like, boys and girls clubs and stuff like that, but we've been doing that for a while, you know, um, get my pitch in to switch the game up so that we can get different type of ideas, new, fresher things um, that focus in on the core issues that, that go on in the community. Hey, look. I'm a huge advocate for the kids and, you know, not wasting no more time, like looking like, okay, we got a decade to raise a whole nother generation of babies. So we got a one to 10 thing that we're doing right now. So from one to 10, that's our target goal, um, you know, to really do. And I say one, because when you think about how smart kids are, you know, at infant stage, you learn to walk, you learn how to talk, you know, you learn a language, you know, you learn all of these different things. So... So many people sleep on those one, two, and three ages. But even like with my son, he's five years old. um, And I always set him in in front of knowledge. So he wasn't in front of like watching grown people stuff, commercials, or even, you know, repetitive kids stuff. But, you know, we had um, understanding words, you know, he had Spanish on. So Mm -hmm. now he, he got a little, he able to do a little bit of that too. Like he got flashes of that, but... You know, really focusing in on, you know, making sure that kids are able to uh, understand and, and comprehend the world that, you know, is going to be in place for them and how to really, you know, excel in, in this world. So um, for, for me, um, getting an agenda, like, it has to start uh, in the school. It has to start with um, not only the children, but the parents, too. So more programs for parents. Um, You know, a lot of this generation is kids raising kids. You know, people haven't even, you know, we sit here and we talk about growing up in a two-family home. But, you know, we are also seeing the results of kids in our generation who didn't grow up with two-family homes. So um, understanding some of the things that we may know that they may not have known. You know, some of these parents need, um, you know, courses too as well, you know, along with a kids but you know that's what that conversation was about the kids and also public safety too um you know I'm big on that man figuring it out uh from a perspective of making it make sense um you know I'm a huge advocate especially gas stations and liquor stores man we have to do something when it comes to these spaces and um you know in communities man I you know you go to the burbs, they they shutting down everything. It's eleven o'clock. You some you can't barely go to a gas station. Man, when I live in down in Canton,
1: I get off to I literally go to work. I be making it home 10 o'clock. Sometimes I can't get nothing to eat on the way home. The only thing that was o- would be open might be a White Castle, but everything else shut down. And I'm talking like Walmart, Meyer, all of that. No, nothing is going on.
2: You made a good point on a video that you posted the other day. Um, it's like listen. Uh, cause that young woman lost her life, and that's just—it doesn't make sense. And if you can't afford to keep your community safe, then maybe you need to close earlier. Maybe you don't need to to be open to accept m- money from the community At the two o'clock in the morning if they not safe. Cause she was parked damn near at the a- at street. The like I can't get any closer. Yeah. And it's a it's a major street. Yeah.
0: I didn't I didn't right down on Grand River. Like yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah, and and that, and that's the thing when we think about a lot of these situations that happen with innocent people, right? Yeah. So once again, when I speak on you know public safety, I'm not talking about gang shit. I don't that has that's gonna be what it's gonna be, but I'm talking about protecting innocent people. Um, and that woman should have been better protected. You know what I mean? It should have been, you know, somebody. In retrospect, when we send, you know, our wives out to stores or, you know, our, our when our mothers are going out and our sisters are going out to these stores and, you know, yeah, the idea is don't be out late, but what's, what's 5 o'clock is dark. It's dark. You feel me? 6 o'clock is dark. You, you're still moving around. you you going to a grocery store. You, you're doing certain things. So it's not like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, we shouldn't even need to have to do. Well, it, it is what it is. It's here. And so opposed to going through another decade of, you know, having certain situations be what they are, you know, let's put ourselves in a situation to figure it out. I don't care, bro. Like when we was younger, yeah, it used to be cool that yeah, what, the liquor store stayed open at two o'clock in the morning. They don't need to be open to two no more, cause like if if, if we if they not Uh, A place of safety. Wednesday
1: night. What you? (laughs) You know one one thing about the pandemic showed me like all the access that we had. Like, like you said, some of this stuff we just don't need. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. It w- it would be nice and convenient when I could run to Walmart at two in the morning. But like literally, when I'm buying right now, could it wait till tomorrow afternoon? Could probably I order could earlier? It. Like yeah, it probably could. But but we've learned to adjust from that because a lot of these businesses haven't gone back to those hours. Maybe I'm not learn? even
0: mad at like the Walmart thing though. Like a central location. Like if it's one thing that's going to be open that we can contain and and control. Like I'm not mad at that. But having all of these different spots and spaces open when people are in these establishments safely behind bulletproof glass, you know, at midnight, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, I have no care and concern for a single woman walking. You don't want to walk her out to her car. You don't, none of that. You have no safety measures in place. And I, I'm just tired of seeing it from a person. I'm speaking from a perspective that this is not my first time in the rodeo. I went to that lady's funeral today. Mm. So, you know, to, to be in a position to see this continuously over and over and over, and people not understanding, oh well, maybe there is something that we might need to do from a legislature. I mean, a, legis- a, a legislation perspective. So, um, yeah, so we talk about things like that, man, and just making sure that we're able to get the adequate resources, the, the the funding that come in for the state of Michigan, for the state of Michigan, for Black communities. We need to make sure that that is coming back to Black communities and. Even getting in a nonprofit game because we weren't a nonprofit. I've been doing this for eight years. You know, we, we just recently over the past couple of years um has become a nonprofit. So everything that we've been able to do um has been self-sustainable. I mean, you know, we look at the things that the Black Panthers did and you know, we study from different movements and okay, how they how were they able to do things? Well, you know, people came and you know, when people cash up here's ten dollars, here's fifteen dollars the community support that we've been able to get. Yeah, you know, we, we want the $100,000 grants and things of that nature we'll be able to do a lot with, but the people of the community has been able to help us, you know, humbly build our um, situation out to where, okay, we have an independent mindset, but now now that I know that y'all given giving $500,000 to, uh, you know, um, to communities with this and people that's doing this and that. And the third that resources that need to come back to the community yeah. that people need to be able to touch and, you know, be obtainable to people. Um, you know, we want those cause we don't see that, man. Like the, the people that's, that's getting this money, bro. Like, you we know, don't never see them in the hood, bro. I've never seen you. And, and I'm real careful when I talk about community and um, I'm, assert, I'm assertive. When I talk to, about communities, the the hoods and the ghettos of America. You feel me? I'm not talking about like just regular black communities. I'm talking about the the underprivileged, underserved. Like where where is that? Like that's that's that. This is the the these are the areas that we need to work on.
2: And I be thinking, I got a love hate relationship with the term black community because these is really white communities that are populated by black people mm-hmm. until we are able to own the infrastructure and do the things like that you working. Uh, towards That's doing, uh, so I appreciate everything that you've been doing. Um, it's two things I want to ask, and then we'll, we won't take too much more of your time. But um, can you talk about the importance of the black women in your organization?
0: Yeah, man, like sisters are everything, man. I feel like um, once again, even when you talk about the Panther Movement, yeah, you've seen, you know, the the strong black men you know, um, be faces, but the Black Panther movement was predominantly black women. Um, And black women help carry that movement as they do help carry every movement. I feel like, um, you know, black women, the black woman uh, is the most, you know, uh, uh, overlooked, unappreciated human being, you know, on the face of the earth. Like their strength, uh, and particularly I'm talking from a a position of, you know, their love for, you know, our children and their love for, community you know um and their willingness to fight back like that's what i see like even being an organizer we talking about you know women um stepping up trying to be frontline and come we had sometimes we we be having to turn down sisters like we got y'all y'all don't need to be (laughs) well we want to come and this is like in our organization we got so many strong sisters my wife um you know who uh is the executive director of um our organization um, you know, and all of those sisters, man, they do, uh, tremendous work, bro. Like, you know, we, we really nothing without black women. I feel like we need to really put ourselves in a position to, um, you know, ha- be a bit more understanding when it comes to sisters That's you know, the argument that always be what well, they need to be under, a bit more understanding with us. That's okay too. Um, but I feel like they have been through so much and they have re- literally birthed generations and generations uh, of our people through trauma and still been there through everything, you know what I mean. Still, you know, still standing, you know, still have that love and energy. We just need to get back to what's important, you know, as people uh, as a whole. Um, and I feel like you know it shouldn't it shouldn't be an argument when we talk about you know black women and black men. It's like it's too much of that debating yeah. going on. Like okay, if you say something good about you know, black men, oh, well, what about black women? We didn't, you know, too much of that going on. We're one on. in the same. We the are one in the same, man, and we wasting too much time trying to be different, yeah. you know? Like, no, it's not, we need each other. A black man needs a black woman, you know, and a black woman needs a black man. It's no like, you know, it's equal, we equals. So,
2: yeah.
0: you know, I, I feel like... um we really do need to look at that, man, because them sisters, they'll come out and they're going to fight, bro. they going to make time. It's going to be the black man and say, well, I can't come out today, man, because, um, you know, I got to uh, you know, yeah. do so-and-so. I got to do this 9 and 3rd. The sister, she got to take care of two, three kids. and She got to work and she doing all this, but she going to show up to that meeting. She going to show up to that program. She going to mm. show up you know, um, and be concerned about the issues that's going on out in the community. So I just have great respect for, you know, black women for being able to be so strong through so many, um, you know, so many decades and centuries really, um, with our people as well as I am with black men. You feel me? As I stated before, we equal, we've all been through a lot, you know, um, as a race of people. Um, and I feel like um, if we really tap in on our roots And understand what people have really sacrificed uh, Both black men and black women For us to be here That we will look at each other um, as different and, and, and start to look at each other More as as, as each other's equal mm. Opposed to all of this competitiveness That's yeah. going on amongst us now
2: And final uh, So do you ever have a level of concern um, Branching out different areas speaking of like the black mm-hmm. panther and like y'all started here mm-hmm. and like you ever have a level of concern like i don't want the eternal they to infiltrate or, or do something to, to sour me or whatnot or like hey what if what if they think i'm getting too power is that something that crosses your mind you just like you know whatever it's gonna happen whatever happened happens
0: yeah man i'm i'm focused bro like you know um you start to think like that you start to move from a scared perspective. You know, I'm 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 a fearless king, you feel me? So I'm worried about the the task at hand. Whatever happened, that's why we make the best of this life thing, you feel me? Like it's not all of this shit is temporary. So whatever happens, it's gonna happen. But yeah. it's what you do while you here. That's the impact, bro. Like it's gonna be it's a thousands, it's, it's millions of tombstones that lie to the face of the earth, but we only talk about a handful of people. Mm. So it's like Big what crack. what's your contribution to society? What's your contribution to life? Did you make an impact, you know, while you were here? Like, you know, what was your contribution? Um, and I feel like when we start to think like that, we move in a certain way. We you know, we tap into our true king energy and, and, and we move as such, you know. So, you know, we don't worry about that, but you know, I hear that a lot. Well, you going to what you you know, we started out on old Block. You know what I mean? So um <laughs> The first time we went to Chicago, so yeah. um, for us, and, and then being from Detroit, it's just something special about this city, bro. I'm not gonna lie, like the, us, like we we unique people. Like you we grew up really, different here.
1: It yeah. maybe may I always say like maybe it maybe not be for the best sometimes, but you there's a level of fearlessness mm-hmm. that you have when you grow up here because you see so much, mm-hmm. you know how to navigate the streets, you mm-hmm. know how to you know to look for certain cues, you know when you hear certain things. It might be some danger in the area, but, you know, these are still places you got to go. There's still mm-hmm. things you got to do. You just move. You got to move with a level of fearlessness. And, and then, like, we not street smart, but street savvy. Street savvy. Yeah.
0: And and that's our environment. Let us be. I feel like the one good thing about us, um, you know, the street culture in Detroit that a lot of other cities, you know, they don't have the advantage of. They box you in. Like, they're going West Coast, you're going to be boxed in the color. You feel me? You got to be... You know, you got to be boxed into this way of living, this this way of mentality. You know, same thing. Like maybe East Coast, you got different barrels, and you know, I'm from Brooklyn, I'm from Queens, I'm from so and so. It's so much division for us. We just had our streets. You know, what I mean, like and it wasn't no big deal about that. You know, for the most people, yeah. it wasn't like you couldn't wear. You know, you go to LA, certain places, they like you can't wear this color. Now we make
2: jokes about East Side and West Side, but it really, it be tongue in cheek. It ain't never really been like
0: yo, you can't be on the west side. if you, Like, that's yeah. not
2: really a thing. You yeah. know what I'm
0: so, saying? So it, it put us in a position that we we're able to move a bit more different. So now we're focused on more what? Like, we, we breed it more as hustlers. Yeah. You know what I mean? We came more Detroit vibe is survival and hustling and getting to the bag. Like, that's why I be disappointed sometimes with music from here. Like, we come from a a hustle culture. Like, we ain't never had to sell ourselves and being drug heads or nothing like that. We... We we talk hustle music. We are gonna turn some payroll on or something like that, and you know we we come from that type of that type of energy that 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 energy. So we able to move in different spaces because it's not about. I go to Cali, you ask me what hood I'm from. I'm gonna tell you I'm from Detroit, and it's gonna be oh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, because the rest of the world really know like we we different. You know what I mean. You we can not, be from
1: any hood in Detroit, but let me tell you something that's gonna unite all of us: some money. Yeah, a a dude from the east side gonna rock with somebody from the west side, and we can get some money
0: together. That's right. That's a fact. That's right.
2: Man, listen, man, we just appreciate you, man. The work that you do Um, up front, on the scene, and behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? I know your day usually is probably packed. 'Cause the whole city <laughs> or country, yeah. continents uh reaching out <laughs> looking for different leaderships and we, we appreciate everything you do. Definitely and we appreciate you coming. And if there's uh-huh. anything
1: that we can ever do to help support anything that you got going on, you know, we always say the door is open. You yeah, know, so yeah, please yeah. feel free to reach out, come back. any we a phone call away.
2: Because so. we run the whole the studio here. So there's a different a bunch of different podcasts that record out of here. If y'all got an event y'all need to go on a podcast run, let mm-hmm. us know. Boom boom, boom. Uh,
0: respect nah hundred and ten percent I appreciate y'all brothers for um you know reaching out it has been a long time coming, so you know um it's definitely an honor you know I, I love being able to um you know join my brothers man who really do this shit and and passionate about it, man, so I see that y'all put a lot into y'all work'cause You know what episode y'all say this was for? Three
2: fifty one. Three hundred
0: and fifty one episodes consecutive weeks. Consecutive. Okay. No
2: days off since June fifteenth of twenty sixteen.
0: Man, I always
1: think about like we didn't did episodes. I was literally in the hospital. You can hear (laughs) it beeping beeping in the the hospital. I (laughs) lost my
2: mom during this time. He lost his father during this time. He didn't almost lost his life twice. We didn't record it live from the from the hospital bed. You know, doctors giving the medicine and all that. But, like, I won't allow us to go a week without putting out something on a Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. It's one thing you can count on. Shop Talk podcast is going to be out every Saturday for sure. That's
0: real. That's real. That's commendable and respectable, man. You you have no choice but to be successful um, when you add that consistency in
1: Yeah. Damn, you got a music pick this yeah, week, my brother. I sent it to you. Shout out to the homie Macho. I got to order the pay per view, man. I feel like a bad friend because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Uh, but the song is "Rap uh, Racks Up," featuring a uh, Kush Mac, Cushy Jackson, and uh, Icewear Vezo. All
2: right, let's see what we're hitting on with this. Stop acting like. I really want
1: that video to stop, man.
2: It, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot. It's approaching half million. It's already past, it's like 5.30 30. Okay, I, like the
1: last time I saw it, it I hit a half a million.
2: <laughs> I wanted to stop. But shout out to Jay Will. I love
1: you to death for what oh, you did for me.
2: Hold on, there we go.
0: In a video for some promo, uh, she just hit for the AP. It was fake though. Be out of my shit, just a water show. Ooh. Just blasting a bitch, made it rain on her. Rain on. I was sucking on my thing with my
2: chain on. on. in the pen, it got it Uh, Cushy Racks, he from here? I know clearly Vezzo is. Is yeah. he from here?
1: I'm not sure if he's from here, but uh. Shout out to Macho for the look, because I was kind of lost on music. I really want to get into a lot more R&B music this year. Yeah. And so I want, like, if if you tapped in with the show, send me some R&B music. So so low key, somebody
2: sent us some R&B, too. Um,
1: I forgot. I think I forgot. There's an artist that. that recently did one of the in-the-field shoots was an R&B yeah, artist. Yeah, and I was yeah. looking for more of his music, and I only saw something online that was, like, a couple years old. But I'm going to be trying to tap into a little bit more of that. But I want to – I know it's a lot of – Look, I'm not knocking no rappers, you know, especially not Detroit rappers that are coming up because the city got a spotlight on us, but it's more than just rap coming out the city. And I just wanna I just wanna tap into that as well. Uh shout out to Skiller Baby. I, I wanna shout out to him personally, my daughter, who nothing excites her. Uh <laughs> he showed up at Renaissance and she all cheesing in that picture. So shout out to him for giving shout my daughter the, a little little bit of an experience.
2: The Joy Row brethren. Yeah, man. All right, whose man is this? All right, listen, man, this has been this story that's been floating around today on the internet, and it says a Rochester school under fire after a sixth grade field trip ends at a lounge with pole dancing, and that sounds wild as hell, right? All right. So then I just wanted to read to see what this was, because usually the picture, the picture, and the title always looks wild. You feel me? So then I started reading to figure out what happened. So apparently they had they went to Nikki's. The pizza place, Uh, because it's a pizza place. You know what I'm saying, like, right? Really <laughs> and apparently, they had ran out of room, so they put them in the empty in lounge. lounge side. You feel me? And the kids went over to the where the like they, they was not at a strip club. They were not at a gentleman's club. I understand this picture looks wild.
1: You feel me? Somebody and and the probably been around, to like and the headline do a wild.
2: But like I'm looking at the 1400 comments and i see everything like like sometimes we just gotta like relax and like there's
1: sometimes there's like a reasonable explanation for like a lot of this stuff there's a little gap in supervision you know what i'm saying like somebody should have probably been like yo y'all get the fuck y'all get off of that you know what i'm saying like we're not here for that y'all get down yeah like
2: the like look they was at a like it's a pizza place right (laughs) but the bigger thing is this is what happens when all the businesses in the city have to double as a nightclub just to stay open because if i can make enough money as a restaurant i might not have to turn this bitch into a club every weekend remember in uh i don't know i guess it'd be about 10 years ago it was south uh chin all these places it was regular restaurants and then 10, 30, get a 11 hold up o'clock
1: Friday night, and it turned into a spot. Yeah, because
2: it's not a like the restaurant. It's not. It, it don't be paying <laughs> you, like.
1: This. You know what, man? I say this, you know, because I. But I'm, the, a, I'm a man. I love to see a little, little, little TNA when I when I can fit it into my schedule. Nikki's ain't where the TNA <laughs> is. Like this is just, this this is not a strip club. I, 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 I got a whole another beef. Like for brunch, I really want y'all to stop shaking your ass at brunch. <laughs> like, can I just enjoy my omelet and my mimosa with, with some friends and like? I don't I don't need a DJ turning up at for brunch. Yeah, shout it's out already to, bad enough I'm missing church. Yeah, I right. don't need I don't need
2: shout out, Mach, <laughs> shout out to Macho. He did a whole uh, uh, in this Baby comedy Ma- special. It's a, a whole thing about the trap brunches. I want y'all, y'all to there.
1: stop. Yeah. I just want y'all to stop. <laughs> like I just want to be I want to be able to take my kids. When I when I get a woman, I just wanna be able to take my lady to brunch and not worry about y'all throwing ass in a circle over my French toes. Yeah,
2: that's a fact. That is the 100% Yeah for sure And
1: I don't want to have to go out to Royal Oak or Birmingham to do it Like I should be able to go to downtown And have brunch That's And it thing. just be brunch
2: And I should be able to do that in the avenue of fashion Without my car being broke into Because <sighs> this shit is fucking horrible Okay, Like damn Let let us have some
1: Hold like, on, man. I do want to shut. I hold on because it's my
2: people phone. out here with legitimate businesses and restaurants trying to thrive, and then niggas want to come and break in your car.
1: So there's a new restaurant on Livernoy, Soul on Ice. Yeah. Nice lounge spot. They didn't put a lot of money into this spot. It's not on the Avenue of Fashion, but it is on Livernois. I went there just on a humble. Had a had a good drink. They do have food there, but I just happened to have a drink there one evening. Really nice spot. Black owned. Y'all should get out there and support it. It's a beautiful establishment.
2: Um. Also, uh,
1: the
2: Crazy Horse who performing this weekend. Go ahead. Oh, man, shout,
1: I, out. I shout out to Rambo <laughs> for hitting, <laughs> for, hitting, for hitting me up about what's going on at the Horse this weekend. Day, uh, Dave Hill, our homie is performing at the Horse this weekend. Rambo said he can get us on the list if you want to come out on a Sunday night. <laughs> it is the King weekend which you know I got to work Monday. I gotta work.
2: Oh, listen, 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 listen. Come on, dog.
1: And I'll stop putting Dr. King on flyers, Come on man. Stuff. Come on. He didn't. He he did. He wasn't about that. He wasn't about getting in the club be, free before ten. Stop doing that. Why dog. y'all be
2: doing this? And then, like, listen, like a real person that I know in real life who be in this. That studio we know. That, that
1: we like, know very well.
2: Like the flyer with the gold teeth on on Martin.
1: Like I he was, looked like Gucci Man
2: yo why we be doing this to mart martin don't get no respect dog y'all know i go you know what this the last episode before martin luther King. yo i go on this rant yearly (laughs) i do not like the disrespect that y'all pay martin luther king soon as his name girl is thrown out there y'all repeat these same fbi tales about oh he was cheating on his wife he was doing now you don't fucking know that the fbi told you that right The same motherfuckers that the same the the same people who murdered and assassinated him told you he was doing all this other stuff. You do not know that. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. That shit happened a long time ago. Your parent, your mama probably wasn't even born. You do not know that for a fact to be soiling his name. That's the first thing niggas bring up.
1: Look, I just he's a good man. I just want y'all to have an honest moment with yourself. You know, some of y'all met y'all second family when your granddaddy died. All right. <laughs> let's let's just let's just keep it 100. I'm just some saying of y'all got siblings around the block. Jokes
2: aside. Judge a little bit different. That's a good man. And it took a lot of restraint to go through what he did nationally for for the disrespect on on his birthday the day that we celebrate his birth that y'all be y'all do the man so wrong uh,
1: there's a black woman why in, in the head of hr the organization i work with and i got to work on monday i just feel it's unright it's unright <laughs> Yo, last year i started this new gig
2: uh my manager who is white, she was off on Juneteenth and I was not. And I thought that was, was pretty interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. I was only a couple months in. So I was like, now, uh, all,
1: all of my employees are off on Monday, but management gotta work. And I just don't feel like that's right. I think I was like still in my 90 days. Like I couldn't even not come. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> But listen, whose man is this? Stop fucking doing that shit to to, to Martin Luther King. It's not right. It's not right. It's not right
1: Don't that's do it, it no more, That's no it more. man and read, the, and read the whole article Before y'all go With just the head. That's files. a big fact
2: though. <laughs> I'm on, I want the details Before I jump out the window
1: So Zeke At the end of the show We always open it up For our guests To uh, give their information Socials Anything that they got going on So I want to give you the floor Where people can find out More about you What, what New Area Detroit is doing
0: So just tap in I mean We New Area Detroit On all platforms Instagram on Facebook uh, TikTok. Um If you are interested in um, Becoming a, a volunteer uh, And doing my work in the community You can email us at Volunteer at new era world dot work. That's dot work We're the only people that's using Dot work out here is a thing mm-hmm. So you know um, And if you want to if you can't give your time If you can't donate I mean you can't donate so you know, New Air Detroit on Cash App, Dollar Sign, New trade Detroit uh, on Cash App. Um, you know, the movement definitely needs support to be able to run. So, it's always a role to play uh, in the movement. You know, we all we got. So, let's just keep it going and support the people that's out here supporting you.
1: We appreciate it. It's your man, Dame, three underscores, 313 on Instagram. Twitter, TikTok, wherever you can find the socials, that's where you can find me. When you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. It's Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Book some time.
2: Uh shout out to y'all, man. 351 weeks in a row. We appreciate you. We couldn't do it without you. Um shout out to Zeke for stopping through. Shout out to the whole new era of Detroit. Um man, we got some shit coming up this month, dog. We got some we got some cool guests next week. Matter of fact, in and out the month. Matter of fact, you even gave me two more guests for next month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somebody like, some stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yo, Shop Talk is it's an army. The, of the Navy. Yeah. But when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. Shop Talk podcast studio, book and time. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jane Dane.
1: Hell yeah. Peace.